you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Lots to dissect about the Packers and the Titans after that big Tennessee win in Lambeau Field last night. Hello and welcome into the NFL Network Newsroom. I'm Omar Reese alongside Judy Batista, who's here awesome. in the flesh. Good to see you, Judy. Good to be here with you. Vamos a Mexico. We're getting ready for Monday night as the International Series moves to Mexico City with the Cardinals and 49ers. But we begin with something, images, anything but Mexico. We take you north where the Buffalo Bills have canceled practice after all that snow has come in. Of course, yesterday the Bills and the NFL announced that their game Scheduled for Sunday in Orchard Park against the Cleveland Browns has been moved to Detroit and Ford Field. Here's Sean McDermott addressing the situation a little earlier this morning. We want to head out tomorrow uh, as close to the normal time as possible. However, um, again, seeing what's happening around us right now, just want to make sure that all the staff and players, families are safe and, and dug out before we can, uh, before we want to, you know, try and get out of here just so. You know, everyone's mind is in the right spot, um, knowing that their families are all safe. So huge logistical challenges ahead for both the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns. For more on this story, we welcome in Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. Ian, we'll start with you. What more can you tell us about this story? Yeah, so much still to be determined for the Buffalo Bills, including when and how they end up traveling there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the common thought would be, well, they go to Detroit, stay there through Thanksgiving, and then come back. It's not going to be that way. They're going to, like Sean McDermott said, try to keep this as regularly, somewhat normal as possible. So come back right after the game, uh, stay in Buffalo, be with their families, try to have some sort of Thanksgiving, and then head out to Detroit again. But look at that. I mean, if anyone wondered why, Tom, the game was moved to Detroit, imagine having a football game in that setting. Imagine people trying to get there, roads closed, uh, local uh, you know, police and, and fire and rescue, and everyone needed for much more important things than simply a football game. Not wanting to divert local resources, certainly something that played very heavily uh, in the mind of the Buffalo Bills and the NFL uh, and the local authorities they consulted with. Main thing is now, with no practice and with so much up in the air, the Bills have to go try to play a football game, a much-needed football game, uh, if they want to come out and win it. 
A very unusual neutral site game between the Bills and the Browns now at Ford Field, but not entirely unprecedented. I'm one of the few people who has had the pleasure of covering a neutral site game at <laughs> Ford Field. It was in December of 2010 when the Metrodome roof collapsed and a Giants-Vikings game ended up being played there on a Monday night. Now, in that case, there was actually less lead time to flip the field, so to speak, but they still had the logo painted at midfield. They still have the sounds that that were associated with the Vikings, the Gallarhorn and whatnot available. So I would anticipate that this feels in terms of visually and audially like a uh, home game for the Bills. However, Detroit is a much closer drive for Browns fans. It's about two and a half hours here. Brandon Bean, the Bills general manager, said tickets are going to go on sale. They're going to cost way less than they normally would. Uh, fans are being refunded for tickets they bought for the previous games. This is a separate sale. Remains to be seen. Bean said he hopes it still is going to end up being a Bills type of home game here. But I think there were about 46,000 fans there for that Vikings-Giants game. It will be interesting to see what the mix ends up being in the stands, Omar. Yeah, as Ian mentioned, complicating matters, the fact that the Bills are playing in Detroit against the Lions on Thanksgiving. So we've seen in years past when this has happened, the NFL moved maybe a day or two back to allow for those facilities to be managed a little better, but not possible this upcoming week. So a lot still to get to here before that game on Sunday in Detroit. Ian, Tom, thank you both very much. As for Thursday night football last night, Aaron Rodgers coming off that big win against the Dallas Cowboys, kind of keep things going against the Tennessee Titans as the Titans go on to win 27-17. They have now won 7 of 8 after that 0-2 start. Here's some reaction after the game. Last Sunday, and feel like I played terrible, and that motivated me. So, you know, I'm always motivated every single day. I'm constantly thinking, constantly critiquing myself every single day. You know, it, it never stops. So, you know, I just... Want to be the best I can be to help this team and do what I can, you know, to help this team win and be the best player I can be. We've said it all year. Um, we faced a lot of adversity, and this week was no different. Coming on a short week, banged up, had some guys out, and came out. You know, we set our intentions on Monday. Came into the building uh, after a hard-fought game on Sunday. Um, really got ourselves ready to go early in the week. Set our mind uh, that we we're going to come up here and, and win this game, and we did exactly that. Yeah, season's not over. Uh, there's still six opportunities left. Um, you know, we got a tough game. Got to go to Philly. Hopefully we can, these few days, get a little healthy or uh, refresh the mind. And then uh, obviously we got to gotta win these next games. Right, for more on this matchup, we welcome in our Mark Ross. Mark, welcome into the show. And you saw Tennessee doing what they do best. They remain in the AFC contender window. But did they show you enough last night to become true Super Bowl contenders in your eyes? No, they didn't, Omar. And look, I love Tennessee. You have to give it to Mike Vrabel and that staff, that whole organization, is that they play different than anybody else in the league. They play so physical, so well coached. And they really just impose their will on teams. And they're built different than other teams where they're really built around Derrick Henry and what he does. And the importance that Derrick Henry has to that team is the equivalent of a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen for other teams. And they just grind teams down. And you see Tennessee do this every year. Look, they're going to win their division. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to make it hard for any team that they play in the playoffs 
But ultimately, I just think they just have too many limitations and everything, the margin for error for them, everything has to go perfectly right in each game to kind of string together four games in a row to win the Super Bowl. So yes, I love this team. I love the way they play. Look, the only game they lost, we talked about the one loss was an overtime loss in KC when Malik Willis had to play and they really imposed their will on that game as well. So, yes, I love Tennessee. This is the way they've looked the past four years, Judy. They get in there. You know they're going to give it give it their all. It's going to make it tough. But ultimately, I just don't see this as a Super Bowl winner. I do think, though, Mark, that they can cause disruption in the AFC no field place. in the playoffs if they play the way they played last night. Because what I like about them is, obviously, they can dominate the clock. Derrick Henry can steamroll people. Ryan Tannehill played a practically flawless game last night, if he can do that in the playoffs. And then finally, they don't blink, even when things go wrong. That long drive, the 18-play drive that took 10 minutes off the clock, they came out with no points. Some teams would fold after that. That would be a gut punch. Not them. They keep going and they keep playing in the style they want to play. They don't flinch. And that is what I like about them. There are some teams in the AFC who would be in the AFC field right now who are shaky. They are not dominant. I'm not talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. But teams that are shaky and haven't fully established their identity by the time we get to the playoffs, those are the teams that the Tennessee Titans can take advantage of and they can cause trouble. I don't know if they can string together all those wins to win a Super Bowl, but I do think they can cause trouble in the AFC field this year. You talk about teams that have taken on the identity of their head coach. Mike Vrabel, the reigning coach of the year, will certainly have a candidacy in this year's race. As for the Packers, They've fallen now to four and seven. We've seen them pull off a miracle finish before. Back in 2016, they were four and six. They ended the year with six straight wins, got to the playoffs. Do they have a similar run in them, Judy? I, I just don't feel like they do, Omar. First of all, they've got a tough, as Aaron Rodgers pointed out, they've they got to face the Eagles now, which is a tough uh, tale to have. But more than that is they have myriad issues. It's not just one thing. In the past, you would say, well, it was the defense. It's more than that. And what was most troubling about last night's game is that Aaron Rodgers was not a solution to the problems. He was one of the problems. He was missing passes very uncharacteristic. Those are passes he makes in his sleep. He took that bad sack uh, on a third down. So there is so much going wrong for this team right now. I, and, and frankly, you know, the Vikings are so far ahead in that division that it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to make a playoff push. Now, to me, the bigger question is what happens if they get eliminated fairly early? What do they do? What does the brain trust do about do they take a look? at Jordan Love, and what kind of drama would ensue from that decision? <laughs> well, Judy, you already know what kind of drama would ensue if they put Jordan Love in there because Aaron creates drama without any sort of other drama there. And you're 100% right when you analyze this team is that there's so many issues. There's not one thing you can point at. And I've said this all year, the biggest issue is Aaron Rodgers. Number one, with all the distractions that he's created and just to jump in there and say, okay, let me go back and be the MVP Aaron Rodgers, I thought was not a sound plan. And then with Aaron Rodgers, it, the way he plays, you mentioned it last night, the mistakes he makes. And you've seen this all year where he makes mistakes and it's no one else's fault but Aaron Rodgers' fault. A lot of bad interceptions, a lot of bad decisions, and it's all on him. Last week, they had the magical win against Dallas where everything seemed to come together and say, okay, it's about consistency. Can they do this again? And I just think they have so many issues that they can't. 
If I was with the Packers, I would definitely try to get Jordan Love in there at some point. But I know for sure that that organization, as much as they've given up and given and acquiesced to Aaron Rodgers, that they're not going to do that. They're going to keep playing him right to the very end. Yeah, you mentioned that Minnesota Vikings lead five game lead six in the loss column. If you're the Packers or the NFC North, you could say goodbye to that. But hopefully for their sake, they can make a run at the wild card. Judy, Mark, both much more from you a little later in the show. Thank you very much. That Tennessee Titans celebration, perhaps short-lived as Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing, it's new right now, was arrested early Friday morning for driving under the influence. According to the Tennessee Highway Patrol, Downing was booked into the Williamson County Jail and later posted bond. Here's Mike Vrabel's reaction moments ago. It's an incident that come up, came up. Uh, it's, an in, it's something that we are going to take very seriously. We are going to um, gather all the information that we can, figure out what the next step is, and, uh, and, and do our best to move forward. Um, so I don't think discouraged um, you know, is something that, that I've thought about today. So that's Mike Vrabel's reaction. Here is a statement from the Tennessee Titans. We are aware of the reports regarding Todd Downing and are in the process of gathering additional information. Now a statement from the NFL. We have been in contact with the Titans regarding the matter, which will be reviewed. All league and club personnel, including coaches, are subject to potential discipline when a violation is determined to have been committed. There is a policy that prohibits alcohol on team planes and buses. For much more on this story, we welcome back our Ian Rappaport. Ian, what more can you tell us on this Tennessee Titans situation? Yeah, after maybe one of the best games of his young career, Todd Downing helping the Titans offense really creative fashion beat the Green Bay Packers on the road. This ends up happening and the Tennessee Titans, as they mentioned, are conducting an investigation to try to figure out how all this happened, uh, what was he allegedly drinking, where did he get it? Was it on a team plane? Of course, that is drinking alcohol on team planes is banned. Uh, a lot more to come on this certainly has become a hot button issue. Meanwhile, the uh, Tennessee Highway Patrol, as far as their details regarding the arrest of, of Todd Downing, who was uh, ended up uh, leaving bonding out of jail or bonding out of prison, I should say, uh, near 7 a.m. this morning, they observed him driving on I-65 around 2.30 a.m., what police say was a high rate of speed. They observed signs of impairment and a smell of intoxication inside the vehicle. Uh, no mention of a breathalyzer test or field sobriety exams. We'll see if there's more details on that. Downing was then placed under arrest. Uh, and yes, he can uh, be disciplined under the NFL's personal conduct policy. We have seen other team officials be disciplined uh, for similar offenses, uh, but usually those things play out in the courts before there is discipline. So we'll see if the Titans act or if they wait for the NFL to act eventually. Yeah, I was going to say that, Ian. Usually we see when players are involved, the NFL waits for the entire judicial process to play out before discipline. We'll see if the same rule applies for coaches. Meanwhile, back on the field, big showdown coming up, Ian, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys, who have been without Ezekiel Elliott for a couple games. What's the latest on their star running back? Well, there is optimism that Ezekiel Elliott will be back on Sunday. It's not final yet. I mean, there were times last week, Omar, when a lot of people thought Zeke Elliott would play. They just didn't want to put him in harm's way to get him out there. Wanted to make sure he was as recovered as possible before he played. The Cowboys do feel like he is in a good place with his knee. Did a little more this week than he did last week. 
should be able to go and run a ramp it up tomorrow. Remember, Saturday is a big practice day for the Cowboys, not really Friday. So we'll see tomorrow what his status is, but it does look pretty good for Ezekiel Elliott. And it also sounds like the Minnesota Vikings escaped a scare when Justin Jefferson, their star receiver, popped up this week with a toe injury. He's been limited all week, but from what I understand, this is not considered to be a major thing. So they do believe that he'll be out there on Sunday. Of course, Justin Jefferson coming off one of the great all-time performances we've seen a wide receiver have, not only with their production, but the incredibly clutch performance in helping the Vikings beat the Bills in Orchard Park. Still to come here on NFL Now, Patriots tight end Hunter Henry set to join us. Can't wait to get his thoughts on that big showdown with the Jets this upcoming weekend. That's coming up right here on NFL Now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's take a look back at week eight. The last time the Patriots and Jets got together, this one was at the Meadowlands. There you saw Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi warming up. This one was Mac Jones picked off by Michael Carter. Looks like it's going to be an 86-yard pick six. Certainly changed the tone of this game. That would have given the Jets a 14-point lead at the half. Instead, Jonathan Franklin Myers was called for roughing the passer. It was brought back to Patriots would cut the lead with a field goal to four points. And then in the second half, they had come alive. Jacoby Myers gets into the end zone as the Patriots took a 13-10 lead. At that point, Mac Jones, 194 yards on the day. But it was the defense, the story of this one. Zach Wilson throws the ball to Devin McCourty. One of three picks for the Patriots' defense, and they go on to win 22-17. And you look at the AFC East standings now. Every game in the AFC East right now is a showdown because all four teams right now in the AFC playoff picture would be in, including those five and four New England Patriots who have won a couple games in a row. And we're pleased to welcome in now Hunter Henry, tight end for the Patriots. You guys are coming off your bye, Hunter. How are you guys feeling right now? Feeling good, feeling good. It's always, it was a nice place for the bye in our season, so we're ready to go down this home stretch. Hunter, the Jets are in the middle of sort of a historic turnaround on their defense from literally the worst defense last year to top 10 in scoring and total defense. What kind of challenges are they presenting right now for you? Yeah, they're good at all levels, man, and they've, they've played together. They, they know the scheme, they play hard. They, they have a great front. I mean, they just they present a lot of challenges. They're really, really good. And uh, we're going to have to be ready to go, ready to, to match it come Sunday. I mean, they, we know they're going to be ready to go when they're coming in here. Yeah, Hunter, we just saw those, those playoff standings. Number one, what do you think of the fact that all of you are in the playoff position right now? And also, what's it going to take for you guys to win that division? Because that's certainly within grasp. Yeah, I mean, it's it just shows, man. We, we got a lot of competition out here, and uh, the division is tough. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody came ready to play, and they're showing up week in, week out. And that's really what it's going to take coming down this home stretch is, I mean, just showing it, taking it week by week, showing up each Sunday, whatever whatever day it is. We have some Thursday games coming up. I mean, just, just getting ready to go. Um, so, you know, we'll 
approach it, but you got to approach it a game by game uh, basis. You guys had sort of a rough start to the season and maybe settled in a little bit now in the last month or so. I wonder offensively, where do you think the offense is right now in its development? Yeah, we're doing good, man. We're, you know, we got we got to get a lot better than what we showed the last few weeks coming coming into the bye, but this past week, you know, we went over a lot of things, try to address some things and come out and be ready to go when we come out. Uh, we got to start faster, start beating stop beating ourselves, stop turning the ball over, penalties, getting backed up, putting ourselves in long yardage situations. It's it's just beating ourselves. Uh, we got to stop doing that and stay ahead of the sticks and just continue to move the ball and score points at the end of the day. You may or may not have heard this. We've all heard it a ton that the Patriots have beaten the Jets 13 straight times. This is a huge psychological hurdle for the Jets to get over. But on the Patriots side, what does that mean to you guys, if, if anything? Well, I mean, I wasn't a part of all of those. I mean, I was only a part of a couple of them. But I mean, it, it's a new game. It's a new team. It's a new situation. It's a new Sunday. I mean, every, every game is, you know, is its own tale, basically. You know, it's 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 not what it used to be in the past. We're not paying attention to that. We're paying attention to what we got to do on Sunday against this team. All those other teams are different. We're different. So um, we just got to be ready to go come this Sunday. Hunter, you heard Judy mention the development of the offense. What about Mac Jones? He's still a young quarterback, year number two. Obviously, took you guys to the playoffs uh, there in his rookie year. What have you seen from him that suggests you know big growth here in year two? Yeah, I mean, he's a leader, man. He's really stepped up in his leadership, um, communication, especially with the skill guys, just trying to talk through things. So just trying to continue to get better. We're all growing. We're all kind of trying to evolve as the season goes. And we got to be, like I said, a lot better coming out of this bye and continue to improve and kind of stack some, some plays on top of each other and really score some points down this home stretch. We've seen analytics a lot more a part of the NFL in recent years, Hunter. And because of that, a lot more teams are going for it on fourth down. I know in high school, you played for Kevin Kelly, who always went for it on fourth down. What was that like? And what do you think of this new style of aggressiveness in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, it was it was different, especially coming into it in high school. I mean, we never I think we punted one time in four years and that was a weird situation. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, we were ultra, ultra aggressive. Uh, it led to a lot of wins, I will say. I mean, we, we, we dominated the Arkansas landscape of high school football for a while, and I think they still are. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fun to see, man. Um, you know, it's obviously, it's big for your offense to stay on the field. It's big to continue to stay points. It puts a lot of pressure on the defense, too, and on their team. Um, so it, it's always fun to see. I mean, I, you know, I have a lot of experience, obviously, in it, and so it, it's fun to see. Hunter, last one. Uh, Bill Belichick always says you want to be playing your best football going into December and hopefully going into January. Where do you think the Patriots are on that timeline right now? Yeah, I mean, we're about, you know, we, we got to go show it this Sunday. Uh, I think we're, we're progressing. We've continued to get better. And I think the bye came at a good time, like I said. And we got kind of refreshed and ready to kind of take this home stretch. I mean, we got eight games down the stretch. We got three and um, you know, 11 days coming up too. So we got a, a big chunk here for us. And you know, we, we just got to be locked in, take it week by week and continue to get better, continue to progress, continue to lock in and uh, finish the season the right way. Patriots second half of their year starts on Sunday with a big AFC East showdown against the New York Jets. Hunter Henry, thank you for joining us and good luck the rest of the way. All right, guys, appreciate y'all.
Still to come here on NFL Now, Saquon Barkley going up against the Detroit Lions and that porous rush defense. How much will he feast on Sunday? We'll start to break that one down next on NFL Now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. New right now into NFL Network. A couple major injury news ahead of some primetime showdowns this upcoming weekend. Juju Smith-Schuster has been ruled out of the Chiefs showdown with the Chargers on Sunday night. That according to Andy Reid. Juju, of course, dealing with a concussion he suffered last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Meanwhile, the Arizona Cardinals preparing to go to Mexico City and face the San Francisco 49ers. Kyler Murray, according to Cliff Kingsbury, will be a game-time decision as they continue to monitor his hamstring. Of course, Colt McCoy started against the Rams last weekend, leading the Cardinals to a win. Again, Kyler Murray, game-time decision for Monday night. Meanwhile, Jared Goff and Daniel Jones, they're set to go off against one another as the Giants host the Lions at the Meadowlands, Giants 7-2 or better for the first time since 2008. Here's Dan Campbell. I'm Brian Dable on the Giants. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for Dave's, and uh, he's he's a he's a sharp guy. He's sharp. Uh, uh, you know, he, he can think quick on his feet. Um, really good teacher and uh, great personality. You know, he's somebody just, you know, he's infectious. You know, he's somebody you want to be around. So, um Look, and his team's playing hard, and they play smart. You know, they're, again, they don't make mistakes, and that's why they're winning games. For more on this matchup, we welcome back Judy Batista and Steve Weich, who's at the Giants facility there in New Jersey. Steve, we'll start with you. Saquon Barkley putting up MVP type of numbers here during the year. What did Brian Dayball say about usage from Saquon Barkley this season? Yeah, Mark, Judy and I have swapped seats for the day <laughs> at our, our locales for our reports. Um, but look, you know, Saquon Barkley's coming off of a season-high 35 carries last week against Houston. So Coach Dayball, Brian Dayball, was asked today whether he might scale back the number of touches for Saquon Barkley against the Lions, especially because the Giants play the Cowboys on Thursday. And Dayball said that is not necessarily of the plan. Of course, the flow of the game will dictate how much they use Barkley. But there are two elements that factor into Barkley's usage. One, they're playing against the Lions defense, the worst-ranked defense in the NFL, 31st-ranked run defense, so that's tailor-made for Barkley, but also it is going to be about 35 degrees with wind gusts up to 20 miles an hour, not ideal to throw the ball, Judy. So again, two elements that really make it seem like this game is tailor-made for Saquon Barkley to get a lot of touches. Yeah, and let's be clear, this is the identity of the New York Giants. They run the ball and they play defense. They want to limit the passing game. That's how they've been winning all these games. So the idea that they would go very off course and very much away from Saquon Barkley just doesn't make any sense. He runs the ball with consistency and with power, as you pointed out. 35 rushes for 152 yards and a touchdown 
against the Texans. For me, this game almost feels like a repeat of that Texans game. The Texans' defense is not good against the rush, neither are the Detroit Lions. But the Detroit Lions have the capacity to score more than the Texans do. And so, again, you have to watch what the flow of the game is. But if this is a close game, and they're all close games for the New York Giants, let's be clear, they don't blow opponents out. They're going to put the ball in the hands of their best player, that is Saquon, and they are going to ride him as far as they possibly can. They are in playoff position because of Saquon Barkley. They're not going to deviate from this plan much right now. The Giants are 4-2 and two this season in games in which they trailed in the fourth quarter, so certainly they hang in there all game long. Meanwhile, for the Lions, Jared Goff and that offense, 1-3 in three on the road this season. As Steve, you mentioned the weather conditions on Sunday. It'll be in the 30s. How will that affect the Lions' offense? Well, here's what affects the Lions offense, and that is their offensive line facing the stout Giants defensive line. And I've been speaking to people uh, from both units, from both teams, and you can tell this is where the game is going to be really detailed because the Lions are speaking to them, uh, some players there, they feel that there's not a front or an elite level talent that they have not seen or that they are not prepared for on Sunday. Whereas you look at the Giants and nose tackle Dexter Lawrence is absolutely wrecking offensive lines this season, along with Leonard Williams, who was just fantastic last week against Houston. They feel that across the board, they have got the scheme and the personnel that matches up really well against the Lions. Both sides are respecting one another and how tough it can be, but this is really where the battle will be won. And for Detroit's offensive line, as Judy just said, the Lions can score. They can hang 30 on just about everybody. And if they play well, they can give Jared Goff and that running game an opportunity to do some things. Yeah, the Lions have won two in a row after that rough start here in the 2022 season, looking to surprise the Giants on Sunday. Steve, Judy, thank you both very much. Meanwhile, speaking of Saquon Barkley, seems to be the Saquon of old, putting up these huge numbers for the Giants. When it comes to fantasy football, he's definitely not a sleeper. But if you do need a good fantasy sleeper for Week 11, here's our Fantasy Live crew with a handful for you to choose from. It's Week 11. We got buys, we got injuries, we got guys who are underperforming. We need sleepers. Who are those guys that we need to be paying attention to this week? Florio, who is your sleeper for this week? I'm going to go with Darius Slayton from the New York Giants because he's been playing really good football as of late. He's been averaging over 12 fantasy points per game in his last five games. He's getting the Lions who give up a bunch of production through the air. And even if the Giants look to run the ball and rely more on Saquon Barkley, Slayton is the big play threat there so he could have a good fantasy game even on a limited volume. I'm going to go with a Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. Somebody that you know. No, it's Justin Watson. No, listen, Justin Watson, who uh, I know a lot of you are probably thinking I was going to say Kadarius Tony, but heaven forbid those people would come into my mentions and be like, Kadarius Tony was picked up 18 weeks. I got it. So go with Justin Watson. We've seen an increase in production. He played 45 snaps last week, which was his most maybe ever. So I want to be a part of this offense who, over the last three games against the Chargers, has thrown eight touchdown passes. So if you're in dire need of a wide receiver, the waiver wire is barren. I implore you to take a look at Justin Watson. Well, I'm looking at a rookie wide receiver who has the same last name as his quarterback. That's Garrett Wilson. Yes, he's playing the Patriots. I understand that defense brings a lot of pressure. Matt Judon is crushing it. 
However, in their last matchup in Week 8, he had 115 receiving yards. I actually think that number could necessarily not as, quite as high, but he could reach the end zone in this one because in order to get away from pressure, you need to use short passes. Garrett Wilson's been lining up all over that formation, and I think he's used a ton. Tons of targets. Well, we don't always talk about sleeper defenses, but I got one, and that is going to be the New Orleans Saints. And I know they've underperformed this year, but a very good matchup against the Rams. I mean, let's just game this out. The Rams offense, well, it's been bad. Cooper Cup, he's good. The problem is Cooper Cup is hurt, so that means the Rams offense is going to be worse. There are only four teams in the league that have given up more sacks than the Rams, only four teams that have had more giveaways than the Rams. This seems like a good opportunity for the Saints to get on the good foot and put up some fantasy points for you. You want information like that and a whole lot more, plus a little bit of fun and some weirdness thrown in, be sure to check out NFL Fantasy Live every single weekday. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, crew. New right now into NFL Network, Sean McVay saying Matthew Stafford is expected to clear concussion protocol today and will be expected to play Sunday against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans on Sunday. Again, Matthew Stafford expected to play on Sunday, site of the Rams 2018 NFC Championship game win. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.